Welcome to the Quick Byte Podcast, your five-minute digital dose of tech news and tips and tricks for digital-first marketing. Quick Byte is brought to you by Lance Montana, a digital marketing agency based in Brisbane, Australia. Hello and welcome to the seventh Quick Byte. I'm here with Lawrence today and our Chief of Content, Lucy, to chat about the social media marketing trends you need to know about in 2019. Hello, Chief. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> So, Lucy, kick us off. Okay, so the first of our trends uh, to watch out for in 2019 is micro-influencers. So like uh, many of the social marketing trends, this one's been around for a little while and it's been growing for some time and naturally brands have been pretty quick to harness their reach um, with you know, their posts that have seen by millions of their followers. Um, but as the trend has increased, um, so too has their prices, as well as a bit of a mismatch between the influencer and the product they were trying to sell. Yeah, so would you consider me to be a micro-influencer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like how small do you have to be to be micro? I'm, I'm not quite sure about you, Lawrence, but <laughs> generally speaking, a micro-influencer is somebody who has, say, sort of 5, 000, between 5,000 and about 50,000 followers. Uh, the numbers are sort of debated, um, but that's kind of Is more there or less. a term for kind of sub-micro? <laughs> Am I not a quantum, quantum influencer? Potentially, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Macro influencer? Macro, I think it's much bigger. <laughs> it's out of my league. Yeah. Um, and brands have basically been sort of working with, um, you know, sort of big influencers. Um, previously at a massive cost but with limited success because they weren't they weren't assessing their audience, they weren't sort of finding out whether or not their product was actually relevant to those who were seeing the post. So the advance of micro-influencers is great for a number of reasons. Um, they exist within every marketing niche, uh, so you'll be able to find um, at least one that aligns with your brand, your product, your audience. Um, they're considered incredibly trustworthy within their field. Um, and as such have great influence. Um, due to their smaller followings, they're also cheaper, which means your dollar is going to go much further. A little bit of a higher kind of administration cost because you're going to need to Work find more to get the same yeah. kind of reach, but yeah, much higher engagement. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's, it's probably more of a time investment, I suppose, but with bigger dividends. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's like the maturity and evolution of the, of the advertising channel is such that basically the, the massive kind of uh, uh, handles, you know, the Jenners and, and the Kardashians and all the rest of them, it's just obvious now that, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it doesn't feel real, you know, it's just sponsored, yeah. it just feels like interrupted interruption style advertising like traditional broadcast ads on, on TV. Yeah, well, especially yeah. when you're seeing it 30 times a day now, you start to get a bit sort of desensitized yeah. to it. Yeah. So if it's coming from someone that you know, is a little bit more relatable to you and you, you know, um, feel like their values are much more similar to the, to yours, you're probably a lot more likely to pay attention to it. So any any hacks for um, businesses to be able to um, harness the power of, of micro? I think the first step is, is kind of making sure that you're really sort of engaging with your audience, um, having a look through your, your sort of your organic audience and seeing, you know, who sort of fits that that bracket of, of micro-influencer who already follows you, reaching out to them, um, building a bit of a relationship with them. Um, some of them will sort of expect um, payment, which is 
totally fine, um, but make sure um, with those that, that do, if you think there is um, potentially a beneficial relationship there, ask for their media kit. You know, anyone who, who requests payment should be able to give you some data in terms of their reach, in terms of any other sort of partnerships they've done previously, and what they can expect for your money. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, quick Google search. Um, shows that there is a massive proliferation, that is a real word in case you're wondering, of influencer platforms. Um, and there's even like you know, um, featured snippets uh, showing up here for the top of uh, the, the organic uh, search rankings for the search query influencer platforms. Uh, one of those is a local Brisbane company called Scrunch, so I highly uh, recommend checking that out. All right, on to number two. Live video content. So we've talked um, quite a lot about video content. We're big fans of video content, aren't we, Lawrence? Absolutely. Look at guest results. So uh, yeah, we're videoing this uh, podcast right now, much to the uh, discomfort <laughs> of all involved. <laughs> um, well, with live video, you know, it adds another dimension again, in that it allows viewers to be a part of the moment as it actually happens. Um, there's a few reasons that audiences love this. Um, first, it's engaging. Um, you know, it's video, which audiences find far more visually engaging over still images anyway, and it's in real time. So audiences and brands can interact knowing they'll likely get a response. This is endorphins, it's real, it's happening yeah, right it's now. That is exactly right. You know, so it's like uh, walking up on, on, on the stage, you know, so yeah, you get all get all the uh, the adrenaline rush and, and people feel that, they feel that it's real, they feel that, you know, anything could happen, we're yeah. excited, we're in the moment together. I think that's a big part of it as well, which people kind of missed it as to why it's so successful. It's because you're sharing a moment. You're actually connecting with yeah. people. You know, yeah. It's a way to feel alive and connected to humanity and other, and other people. And yeah, um, one of the one of the few reasons why um, traditional TV exists still, uh, I think, at, you know, in this day and age, is because of uh, live sport and live um, reality TV shows like Married at First Sight, which is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it feels personalised. It feels authentic. Um, it helps the it helps the audience to really sort of believe in what the brand are doing. Um, if you're not quite sure about going live, uh, there is a new platform that we are trying out called Facebook Premiere, and that allows you to basically reap the benefits of live video, like building buzz, um, posting a time for broadcasting on your page with uh, the benefits of normal video, so pre-recording and being able to schedule it at a time that suits you, and then interacting with the video and with your audience in real time. Mm. It's it's like the best of both worlds. It's a really savvy um, offering product released from, from Facebook to kind of, uh, it's like a gateway drug to live video, is it? <laughs> yeah. get, get people involved. It is, yeah. yeah, and it's really, I think, helpful, obviously, I think in a large way targeted at, at small businesses where it's difficult to actually be running whatever content machine you're doing that you're actually recording mm-hmm. um, while interacting um, with the community, which is, you know, obviously a, a massive benefit of, of operating a live video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, great. We're looking forward to trying it out, potentially with uh, this podcast right here right now. Yeah. All right, next on our list, we've got Instagram stories. <laughs> Lots of them I see in the subhead there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to 
quiz you straight up on the yeah, subhead no, and say, isn't it, isn't it um, quality over quantity? Uh, not necessarily. When it comes to Instagram stories, it's kind of a way to reach out, connect with your audience in a way that's not so polished. <laughs> Um, so we can just put all of our crappy outtakes on Instagram. Well, I wouldn't say <laughs> low grade content. I wouldn't say you put everything in that. You have you have to sort of be consistent. Um, and you know, as with all content that you produce, it should be good content. Um, but it does allow you to spend sort of less time on planning and more time on actually implementing um, your content. If you, the key thing is to sort of be consistent. Um, so ideally you want to post every day, but realistically in a team of say three, that's, that's probably not going to be possible. So um, I would suggest sort of giving it a go, not, don't be afraid to use it, sort of use the polls and the questions for engagement and feedback, try lots of different things, um, track and measure your sort of feedback from your audience and just use those as learnings as you go to guide you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're getting that sort of interaction and engagement, um, you're seeing it really sort of increase and you're sort of doing the right thing. If you're not, then it's best to try something else. Cool. Mm. And stickers, lots of stickers. Yeah, <laughs> lots of stickers. Yeah. Well, something I've been really loving seeing with Instagram stories that a lot of um, small businesses have been doing is um, putting those little polls and asking their customers questions yeah. about what, yeah. what products do they want to see next, what do they like about the ones that are there, um, and just asking their opinions on things. I think it's a great way of getting people involved, making them feel like they're part of something. Yeah, as well as actually mm-hmm. getting feedback. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. And uh, Instagram stories as well, worth noting, like huge traffic going through this platform, you know, from a macro level. So more people on Instagram stories at a unique active visitor level uh, then there are on Snapchat. Yeah, definitely. Sorry about that, Snapchat. <laughs> so, next on our list, number four, we've got private groups and accounts. Mm. So how many Sounds groups? Mysterious. How many groups are you a part of on Facebook, Grace? I can check. Let's have a look. I'm going to put my hand up and say I don't know, and I don't really use groups on Facebook. Mm. In fact, I I really pull back. You know personally on Facebook, you know, for, for a couple of years now, and probably on Instagram as well, obviously, given the, you know, what, what I do for a living, uh, you know, I'm heavily involved in social media, but normally company accounts, yeah, so, yeah, it was probably two or three years ago I really started to just pull back, you know, from a kind of personal involvement in, in Facebook and Instagram, um, but yeah, still still use use them because otherwise it's like do you even exist and how to communicate <laughs> with people but yeah I like I, I have a minimal minimal amount of time each day that I, I would use in like personal social media kind of stuff so yeah I haven't really joined many many groups yeah. few, few professional groups but that's yeah. more on LinkedIn yeah, yeah. Like Facebook yeah, yeah. Um, I've easily got over 50 here, which is very surprising because yeah, wow. a lot of them I don't even remember what they were. Wow. But um, the ones that I'd use probably on a weekly basis, I reckon I reckon it's probably at least eight or so. So, yeah, I reckon they're still really valuable, even if um, we all are trying to cut down on our um, um, social media time as much as possible. Yeah, so I have got 11 groups I'm, I'm a part of, and... Some of them actually I, I do use, so I'm going to take that back and <laughs> say that I do actually use some groups that I was barely even aware of it. But yeah, most of them are just from years and years ago and, and um, yeah, they're probably defunct and not really active anyway. 
Mm-hmm. I think I'm about, looks like I'm at about maybe 40 groups, but quite a few of them are defunct. But I probably, I probably engage with maybe 10 of those groups on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do find them really helpful. Like Kmart styling hacks. Can you invite me to that? This is legit. Kmart and Beyond yeah. Hack Ideas Australia. Did Kmart start that group up? Uh, I don't think so, no. Really? That would be such a perfect wow. example, though, of yeah. Facebook groups working yeah. to your advantage, yeah. Woolies calls mud cake hacks. That's also very good. <laughs> very How many are there? I would have assumed there's like two. You need a Facebook group to tell you about them? A mud cake would be much simpler than that. Speaking as a professional baker. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, this social media marketing trend has been growing organically, but it's one that can work really well for your business if you have the time to manage it. Um, lots of online fitness or business training brands will often have access to Facebook groups as part of their packages, um, and it sort of allows other clients to share their tips and tricks for achieving success. It's a really good way to offer value and build a tribe of like-minded customers um, with customers actually producing the bulk of the content for you. Um, it's, it's also a really good opportunity for you to gain feedback and improve your business by posting questions and then observing the interactions um, amongst your community. Um, in 2018, Facebook incorporated some brand new features into Facebook groups. And these features include being able to participate within the group as a business, um, post live videos and leverage the group as a platform for online course content or allow you to sort of organise your posts by topic. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a good way to really sort of add that extra um, sort of offering and offer extra value to your customers, but you do sort of need the time to be able to sort of manage and make sure everyone's sort of behaving as they should within the group. Mm. It seems like it's a really sophisticated new suite of tools. Like Facebook obviously super behind this uh, part of their offering and it you know dovetails exactly with like you know the, this kind of um, high level messaging that was coming out from Mark last year about how they want to make it all about personal connections and real experiences, meaningful, uh, genuine yeah. uh, community experiences on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, in 2019 and in the wake of the Facebook apocalypse last year. So, uh, you know, as a brand, we can just <laughs> jump on and totally subvert that and use it for all the other purposes of the economy. <laughs> yeah. And last, but definitely not least, Farewell <laughs> Bakery. I love it. So what a great section heading. This is this is a, a social media trend that will probably take a little while to change, but um, as you probably saw throughout most of the um, social media trends that we've suggested, you should watch out for in 2019. There's a um, an element of authenticity and transparency. Um, you know, there's fakery everywhere on social media. Fake followers, fake influencers, fake images. Uh, fire festivals. Fake festivals. Entire <laughs> festivals have been faked. It's amazing. Um, yeah, even like Grace lost like millions of followers just the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, just like on <laughs> yeah. 2.5, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, some influencers last year even went to the extent of um, posting fake sponsored content in a bid to seem more popular and generate other sponsorships. The depths of depravity. It's oh. shocking, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, at the end of last year, Instagram started removing fake likes, followers and comments from 
accounts that use third party apps to increase their popularity. So essentially they're, they're attempting to stamp out bots um, and they have implemented machine learning tools to identify um, the, the activities so that they can actually be prevented from happening in the future. Mm. It's actually great. There's so much bot activity on the internet. It's really good to so see the, um, the the kind of the, the larger social platforms on the front foot finally with you know trying to make things a little bit more authentic. And you know obviously it's in their best interest because everyone gets those kind of bot requests and bot you know, interactions, and it just just cheapens the experience. Yeah. Really, doesn't it? Just makes mm. doesn't make you want to spend time on it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll do a really quick summary of um, all of those social media marketing trends for 2019. Uh, first up, we've got micro-influencers. Um, next up, we've got some live video content, really getting that into our strategies for 2019. Um, lots of Instagram stories using private Facebook groups and accounts and getting rid of all the fakery. So um, we'll do a full blog article on how you can implement some of these trends. And if you have any ideas of what you'd like us to cover in the next podcast, let us know via the social handle at Lance Montana. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Lawrence. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Quick Bite Podcast. This has been a production of Lance Montana, a digital marketing agency based in Brisbane, Australia. For more great free resources, go to lancemontana.com.au.